0: Good morning, everybody. And the Bible reading this morning is Philippians chapter 2, from verse 12 to 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe and as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith I'm glad and rejoice with you all of you so that you too should be glad and rejoice with me. As we have God's word before us, let's ask the Lord to use his word to empower us and to give us insights. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the living word who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's come from heaven to to earth to show us the way, the way of truth, the way of life, and the way of love. And Lord, we're here this morning to again acknowledge your presence, and we ask that by your Holy Spirit you would move amongst us, Speak through your word, Lord, we pray, and not allow Satan any foothold. Lord, we know that the word is living and active, but we also know that Satan wants to come in and snatch the word away. So we're looking to you, Lord God, to keep us focused on the truth. And thank you, Lord, again, that you will speak in your way, in your time, and through whatever means available. Lord, open our hearts, we pray, to receive the message from above. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So you've sort of seen here that God is always at work. God at work, always at work. Morning, noon, and night, day or night, you name it, God's always at work. While we sleep, God's at work. And we have to remember as well that while God works, He wants and waits to work in you. God at work in you and through you. As you shine like a star, there it is before you. That's your symbol for this morning, to go out like this. The last slide you're going to see has got a special word just for you. But in the meantime, you may remember on occasions I've said the words that Jesus Christ came to give his life for you so that he could give his life to you in order that he may live his life through you. That's God's intention through Jesus Christ. It's a gift from above, and that's God's pleasure and his presence. So... If you have the Spirit of Jesus Christ in you, you are alive and well. But God is also alive and working within you there. And you have to have the sense of when God says something, you will listen because our Father in heaven is one who speaks to his children as perhaps many who have been blessed with children have also had to speak to their children because without written words or spoken words, not much of a message actually gets through. And I can give you all kinds of sign language, but you probably wouldn't actually get the gist of what I'm talking about here. So we live in obedience to God's way. God at work. Don't go through life singing Sinatra's song, I did it my way. That's not the way God would like to have it done with his children. His children are to be obedient. His children are to ask, Lord, what is your way? So if God is always at work in us, the word here this morning is, well, there, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed. Always obeyed? Again, for those who are blessed with children, and those who are children, who's been a child once before? Did you always obey? Who said that? Oh, (laughs) I was going to say, gee, I want you (laughs) in my household. (laughs) Always obey. You know, it's it's interesting, that word. Uh, If we didn't have the word always in front of it, we'd probably say, yeah, we do obey, but always obey, that's a tough call isn't it, so all right, let's let's be honest about it, we don't always get it right, but the the word on this uh, occasion here, the word obey, is actually one of those it comes as a sort of composite and the composite basically sort of suggests that as you hear you recognize the authority of God who's speaking notice you hearing it and it's God's word and that's where it all comes from There's no actual word here in Greek that says obey. The word is actually you will hear and you will listen and you will recognize that you should obey. It's insinuated. So did we always obey when we heard our mothers and fathers or other people telling us what to do? Probably didn't. Probably didn't recognize the authority that came with it. But that's what God's about. When he says something, it comes with the authority and it comes through the authority of Jesus Christ. And this word, when we're talking about obedience, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it, God. Just, you know, wait a moment. Like last week, we heard about Jonah. I mean, he was a guy of second chances. He heard the word of God quite explicitly saying, go to Nineveh, and Jonah took the other direction away. He heard, but he did not obey. And look where that landed him, in the drink. So the word again means that you are going to be fully compliant when you hear it you're going to be fully responsive and when you hear it you'll say yes Lord like Abraham Hebrews 11 tells us by faith without faith not going to really go the way forward that God's asking us but by faith when called Abraham obeyed and where did that lead him went he went and even though he didn't know where he was going he still went because God said it's that direction going but not knowing So Linda and I, nearly three years ago, had an opportunity to also go, but not know what was on the other side. And I think in all fairness, you know, we sometimes get directions and we're sort of saying, is that really you, God? Can I trust the Word? Even though perhaps it wasn't God speaking out of the heavens. But the Word came to us saying, there's an opportunity, why don't you consider it? In all fairness, we did consider it. But it went something like this. In the email conversations. Dear David, Linda and I would like to thank you for considering us for the position at Wangaratta. We recognize that this is a great opportunity to do life in community and appreciate the opportunity that it offers. As we have sought God's will regarding this position and after speaking to family and friends, we've concluded that this position is not our fit and His will for now. That's a brave statement. As much as we have a passion to share the life of Jesus in our community, We have seen that we are still needed where we are. For the sake of extending his kingdom of both family and friends, we'll be praying that the person or persons of God's choice would become evident as they will respond obediently. Sir, what am I doing here this morning? David's reply. Dear Bernard and Linda, that's one of the nicest letters of no thanks I've ever received. Even made me feel good. (laughs) I would have loved to have you involved in Wangaratta But I'm so pleased that you've reflected well And sought appropriate guidance And here I've underlined this I trust that you have heard God's voice well And I wish you all his best in the pathway ahead Thank you for your prayers and best wishes For the possibilities at Wangaratta I trust that you've heard God's voice well Well, here we are Uh, But okay, in all fairness, didn't come easy and you're allowed to question and you're allowed to have your doubts but at the end of the day, God's will will be done if you're willing and obedient. So that was a sort of start of a journey and we heard God's word well eventually. So don't get upset if you get it wrong slightly the first time. God is a God of second chances. Even last week we heard about Jonah. God didn't say, "All right, you jumped in then. Good luck. You can carry on swimming. No, he Brought turn back up, put him back on track again. This morning we're going to close with a, a song that you're not going to know. Uh, it's written by a young guy called Michael and it's called Disciple. And it actually talks along the lines, basically. It's called Learning on the Go. Learning on the Go basically means I'm going to follow you, Lord. I don't quite know what this is all going to be about but I'm willing to follow you and learn on the go. So one of the words that are going to come out of this song that you're going to hear later on is, Use me, Lord, to do your will. Use me, Lord, I live to serve you. So here it is. There's an invitation. Come, follow me. Living Jesus' call to discipleship. Now, this call to discipleship is basically what the writer here, Paul, is talking about. In verse 13 and, and from 12 on, That you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's quite exciting working for God. I think that's what the impression is. It's not a fear that, oh dear God, if I get this wrong, there's going to be lightning and bolts and that'll be me done. No, the fear is, wow, I'm working for an awesome God and he wants to work with me. Now, who would have thought that somewhere along the way, between fear and trembling, we could be excited about working for God. And the fear of the Lord, as Psalm 111 tells us, the fear is the beginning of wisdom. we got to understand what is God all about. Wisdom, one of those wonderful abstract things that God gives. The more you understand God, the more you follow God, the more you learn of God, the more that he gives wisdom and insight. Psalm 2 also tells us, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling and so there's some sort of interesting connections there as you serve with this awesomeness about God you also then will be able to rejoice and say yes Lord thank you and I think the time of praise as well is you know we well it is one of those things you sort of tremble think wow how did God get that one right we've got to ask God because it is he who works in us and if God is working in us what can we expect Can expect that God will cleanse us because only God would want something that's pure, ready, holy, set apart for His service. So He's working in you. He's also working to do His divine will in you. And that's what it's saying here, another version. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him, a desire to do God's will. Well, if we're going to be doing God's will, what's it going to look like? Here's a glove by itself pretty useless but that's probably one of the sort of pictures of who we are we are sometimes pretty useless until God comes along and by his Holy Spirit see the hand Holy Spirit comes in and he fits inside in such a way that every finger fits nicely. Now, of course, sometimes we might get it wrong and um, you might just miss a thumb or a finger along the way. Well, guess what? God is still at work and he will fill up that thumb or he will fill up that finger if you are willing and obedient. What can we do when God is at work in us? We have to make room in the hand and have to be filled with every finger and then we are God's workmanship as Ephesians tells us created in Christ Jesus for good works I shared this a while ago with another congregation and I said basically I had to grab hold of some uh, blackberry bushes I wouldn't do that with my bare hands but with a pair of gloves on I was able to rah, get out of there it gives you extra strength it gives you sort of extra abilities if you really understand that God wants to fill us and work through us and then sometimes you sort of look back at the end of the day and said, how did we ever get that right well, that's God at work. So identify your heart uh, identify your life. Understand what it is that pleases the Lord, our heart's desire. Romans 8 tells us that we know that in all things, God works together for those, for the good of those who love him. So God working together, hand in a glove, perfect illustration. But even a better illustration is that God knows exactly what you're capable of doing. Now, I'm going to f- click past here. I've written on here, for those in the front row can see, S-H-A-P-E, shape. God knows your shape, and we're not looking at the outward appearance. God knows your heart. God knows your spiritual gifts. Yes, he knows exactly where to place that thumb to do the best possible work. He also knows your heart's desire, and he wants to put that together with the gift and then he knows exactly about your abilities and your talents and the things that you are good at and I'll put that in inverted commas because sometimes abilities and talents aren't the spiritual gift but they're very very useful and then he also knows in the, that the P is your personality so here's a question so many people used to follow Jesus when he was walking around was it just for a free meal do you think was it just because well he was actually able to heal people I give it to you. It was his personality. They loved to be near a guy that even when he didn't feed them or didn't heal them, they just loved to be near him. Personality. Are you nice to be near? God is at work, filling every finger. And that last E, of course, is your experiences. So God uses all these, the sort of <laughs> five-fold things. And that's not exhaustive, but it's just to give you an idea that the shape you're in, the things that God has done in your life, are equipping you for further and every day is an experience, and every day you're going to be shaped. Shaped is such a great word. Discover who God created you to be. He's made us all different. Thank goodness for that. Um, because He's made us all different so that everything in the world gets done. Because if we're all the same, then something's going to have to give. So the very <laughs> fact that we're all very different means that God has got a great work still to be done here. And He's put you here in this place for this time for a purpose so what is your shape what's your fit and um, well something that Paul has obviously mentioned here that when he says it he says well once you understand this do everything without complaining do everything with an attitude of Jesus remember um, Philippians 2 if you've got your Bibles open there you can have a look back in chapter 2 of Philippians about the attitude should be the same as that Christ Jesus What did his attitude do? He made himself nothing to serve others. He humbled himself in verse 8 of chapter 2. He humbled himself, became obedient. Even Jesus became obedient. He humbled himself. He recognized that if God, his Father, is going to use him, he's got to shape him, he's got to mold him, he's got to make him into the Messiah who came from heaven to earth. It's quite a strange thought. Don't let yourself get too bogged down that even Jesus had to be shaped. Well, what is this thing about being an attitude of being nothing? No complaints, no arguments, being blameless, being pure, free from fault and above reproach. Not saying that you're perfect in this world. You will not be perfect. But at least when you recognize that things aren't quite going the same way, we are sustained by God's grace so we can put our hand up and we can try our very best and if we think we failed that's not God speaking by the way God doesn't do failures whatever you try for God he'll He'll work with that if you hear the word failure it's not part of God's vocab right, vocabulary if you think you've tried something and you know you've tried something and you sort of look at the results and say well that didn't work I'm a failure that's Satan talking God Will still do what God does best, no matter what you think has happened. So be assured, your shape will fit you, and your shape will get you through, and grace will sustain. God will never ask you to do anything that He doesn't give you the ability to do. But it's an ongoing journey, isn't it? It's just an ongoing journey, and it's your experiences. I love this. That whole shape story is such a great idea. It shapes us. There will be obstacles, there will be challenges. But hey, we've got to grow, and how else do you grow? Through obstacles and challenges, and saying, "All right, Lord, maybe I need to ask Him more about what is my heart. Oh, I'll need some more understanding of my abilities." But that's all right. You know, in the in the message version, in Romans 8:29, I've got to read this. I love the the translation. Sometimes, God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Hear the word shape? We see the original and intended shape of our lives in him. I'll read that again. We see the original and intended shape of our lives in him. That be Jesus. He humbled himself. He became obedient. That's what God is looking for. Humility and obedience. And then, as Paul finishes off here, after having done everything without complaining and arguing, we shine like stars in the universe. Wow, what a privilege just to go out there and shine for Jesus, which is exactly what it's all about in Christmas time, isn't it? There's a star. It led people along the way to Jesus. From far they came. So, who are you going to be able to lead on the journey to Jesus over this Christmas time? Be a star, illuminate and be poured out, as it were, because, well, that's what Paul was all about. He basically said at the end of it all, look, I'm happy just to sort of pour out my life if it's going to bring God glory. And he rejoiced, even through the tough times. He just knew that there was no failure in God's economy. Wherever Paul was, whatever Paul did, it was God working in and through him. Shine like a star where you are. One of the words that you're going to be hearing just now in this song is it says, Then the darkness disappears, and I see the light that keeps on shining. You know you're going to be wanting to be squished out. Your little light may not always be that bright. But that's okay. That's one thing darkness cannot do is overcome the light. So you're going to go out this week, this weekend and all, and you're going to hold on to the word which it says here and you're going to hold out the word that's quite interesting actually as we just look back on this here in verse 15 you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life and if you look at the bottom there it tells you also that you're holding out the word of life so hold on to the word that's Jesus Christ and hold out the word which is his invitation to everybody if you've heard the invitation through Jesus Christ to come to him and follow him that's an invitation that he extends to everybody why not we be in the same position there as well. And hold out the word and hold on to the word. Jesus is the living word. So here's your word for the end of all things. Illuminate. What does it mean? Well, basically, as we've been saying, shine like a star. Wherever you go, you're going to make a difference. You're going to illuminate. Not of yourself. This is God working in and through you. But imagine going into every situation and saying, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to illuminate and see how God works in me. Now, some of you are more radiant than others. That's okay. We'll work on that one as well. But hey, what a difference we can make if we just go out there and say, Lord, use me to illuminate, just to bring light, to bring hope, hope into some dark place as well. God working in you, giving you the desire and the power to please him. What pleases the Lord? What makes God's heart happy? When you shine for Jesus, when you're illuminated. I'm going to ask Steve if he would play that song for us now. It's called Disciple. I want us to look at the words, to use the words as a prayer for ourselves. See, see.
1: spend it all It's overwhelming, and as my no sorrows.
0: Take a moment and um, ask those questions. How are you going to use me, Lord? I'm available to do your will. Spend a moment in quiet before the Lord and I'll close in prayer in a minute. Thank you, Jesus, for the invitation to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for the invitation to learn of you and live according to your ways. And thank you, Lord, that in this place right now, Lives are going to be changed because we just recognize again, Lord, that you want to use us. You want to fill us with your Spirit to shape us into the people who bring glory to our Father in heaven. Shape us, Lord, we pray. Continue to use us with the spiritual gifts and abilities that you've blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for all the good things, even every experience of life, that we'll grow through it. And that this will shape us in such a way, Lord, that we will eventually be able to say, Lord, as children of God, we want to serve you and shine like stars in the universe. So, wherever we want to go this day, Lord, and for here on, watch over your people in their travels, we pray. Thank you for again opening doors of opportunity so that we can illuminate you, O oh Lord, because we pray it. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.